1: The science fiction classic, The Incredible Shrinking Man, one of the best sci-fi films of all time.
2: Scarlet, what was that?
1: I don't know. Some kind of mist.
2: Look at your chest. Are they still too loose? Sure, even the cuffs are dragging. They do look kind of big. I'm getting smaller, Lou, every day. Well, that's silly, honey. People just don't get smaller. There's no medical precedent for what's happening to you. I, I simply know that you're getting smaller. The x-rays prove it beyond any doubt. Are you going out? Yes, for a little while. Where? Well, just to the corner, to the store. You'll come right back? Well, of course I will.
1: An innovative film featuring fantastic special effects.
2: Charlie, maybe he's hurt someplace. Maybe he's lost. We've looked everywhere. With these bits of metal, I was a man again. If I was to die, it would not be as a helpless insect in the jaws of the spider monster.
0: Alright guys, welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema podcast. I'm your host Jimbo, and I'm joined together today by these two holy matrimony. No, it's, uh, <laughs> it's my two co-hosts. The
3: shrinking terrence.
0: <laughs> and the <a> larger than life con, <laughs> larger than life. That is absolutely true. Um, so as you can tell, we Kyle has adapted into his role quite nicely. Um, just one of the guys now. Um, been, you know, been practicing names, spelling, it's wrong, like I've been everything. here all along. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you've been here for four hours today.
3: Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Fits like a glove. So today this
0: uh, is me. episode fifty-five. <laughs> we are talking about the incredible shrinking man. Uh, What a fantastic movie. Um, Cinematography is outstanding. But while I'll get to my feelings on it at the end. Terrence? What's the question? That's what I want. You want
1: another question? what's the question? Hmm.
3: Got to think about it now. Yeah, I wasn't um, wasn't on the other foot, buddy. Uh, (laughs) You want want a question? We want to hit him with the question. That's the real question.
0: (laughs) All right. If you were shrinking, as in this movie, and you get to the part where he is stuck in the basement, um, what would you have done
1: differently?
3: Oh, what I, I, I feel
1: to? like you could have got that cheese in a different way.
3: I was, that was my <laughs> immediate thought, too. It's just like that whole mousetrap scene. It's like, dude, you can trigger this thing and be all right. right? And then actually, like, watch where you're going to launch that thing.
0: Exactly. You know, like, but know. what I was going to do is, why didn't he do that Strike Anywhere match and, like, set the basement on fire? or <laughs> Or there was a pencil there. <laughs> Why didn't he write "Help,
3: I'm here" a or something? So, uh, oh, a tiny SOS. Uh, S- S- oh, right. <laughs> but I mean, he could have. You know, he could have done something. There were like so that. many possibilities of things. Like he could have organized the matchsticks into an SOS. Right. Or just like oh, yeah. I'm still well, the, But there was
0: only like one one there. Uh, yeah. It was empty. I, I, bo- it was the it was empty, empty box. Oh, and box. To it oh, okay. it was, Like okay. one. Okay. Match. But there was that one match that he did to burn the thread I, or whatever. Yeah.
3: There's still there's so many ways like like. An intelligent adult should be able to communicate that he never did. So the answer is not die in the in the basement is what I would do, Jumbo. He didn't. He didn't. Well, yeah.
1: so <laughs> into the
3: spoilers. Right. Well, we'll get there. Let's go
1: ahead, and go ahead, Terrence. Take it away. All right. The Incredible Shrinking Man release date May seventeenth, nineteen fifty-seven. Its budget was seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. You equate for inflation at seven million dollars. Uh, this made 1.43 million so it made its money back for sure um but not by too much so it made its uh, typically you want to double um so it kind of like barely made the mark uh that's 13.3 million today its runtime is an hour and 21 minutes uh and let's look at the box office for 1957 so i've heard of none of these movies
0: and is that really surprising does that surprise (laughs) you Kyle it doesn't surprise me he's never heard of any of these (laughs) I've heard
1: of the other ones at least one or two on the other box office list you you haven't
0: even heard of some of the names we've done on the podcast the
3: The the podcast has been nearly two years at this point and Terrence has actually only just now discovered the idea of films (laughs) (laughs) it's a whole new
1: world So we have uh, number one, The Box Office, 1957, uh, The Bridge on the River Kauai. That's a good movie. It's uh, a great movie. And number two, we have Peyton Place. Number three, we have Sayonara. And number four, Search for Paradise. Okay, I just knew the first one.
3: I think I've actually seen Search for Paradise, but it's been a long time. As you might expect, because it's an old movie. <laughs>
1: Uh, so we have writing credits. Goes Richard Matheson, uh, who also helped write I Am Legend, Jaws 3D, and various episodes in both the new and the old Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have Richard Allen Simmons, who helped write the screenplay also, but he's uncredited. Uh, he has an interesting writing career. Um, he helped write Major Pain, Columbo, and uh, uh,
3: Dick Powers. Yeah, those are all just amazing titles and pretty good movies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so it's amazing, you know, he, he helped write the screenplay, but is the one who went uncredited in this. Um, by the way, Richard Matheson is also the one who wrote the novel uh, that this movie is based off of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now on to the Cass.
3: awards. Oh, awards. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping ahead. You, Terrence, oh, I'm kicking whoa, you out. You. I'm
1: getting on my <laughs> stick. You
0: almost got it. So um, we have the uh
1: Island Film Festival in 1957, uh, which they won the Golden Moon Award for Best Screenplay. Uh, and then they were nominated for the Golden Moon, Golden Moon Award for Best Film. Uh, then we have the Hugo Awards 1958, where they won Best Dramatic Presentation. Uh, and then finally, we have the National Film Preservation Board. Uh, it hit that in 2009. Which is always fun to see, you 2009, know. 2009,
3: year to be remembered. <laughs> you
0: know. So the year you were born, Terry? The, uh, t- the
3: year I was born, millennial trash. Was that when you were born? <laughs> no, it's <laughs> Hey, you could have fooled me. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm young at heart, but I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? what? <laughs> I you just went totally backwards. Wait there. a minute. Uh, this is the incredible yeah, shrinking mind of two, Kyle. Two, two pecans. <laughs> In a, in a bowl and you know put an onion on my back please make them make me stop talking <laughs> <laughs>
1: so we have the synopsis alright hey, synopsis, synopsis. <laughs> Scott Carey begins to shrink as a human due to a combination of radiation and insecticide everyday routines soon become too much for Scott as doctors try to help him stop his shrinking
3: significant shrinkage that happens to the best of them <laughs> Anyways, moving on to the cast. We have... Grant Williams as Robert Scotty Carey As the main star of the film He also filmed in a, He also starred in amazing films Such as The Monolith Monsters The Leech Woman Red Sundown And Susan Slade so, <laughs> And The Couch Susan Slade and The Couch? Susan Slade the, no, 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 oh. Susan Slade and the, movie. the Couch <laughs> oh, okay. Not Susan Slade and The Couch Much <laughs> That's different, a movie. different movie Don't look that up on Google You will get some <laughs> profound results I wouldn't know <laughs> Next up, we have a little more, obvious. I'm going to quick beeline this cast. We have Randy Stewart as Lewis Carey, April Kent as Clarence Bruce, Paul Langton as Charlie Carey, Raymond Bailey as Dr. Silver, and William Charlotte as Dr. Branson, and then we have Billy Curtis as, and I'm not going to be the a, really a political, it's not necessarily the political correct term, but as the midget. <laughs> It's, it's in the cast. I'm sorry. And now finally we have the most important role. We have Orangey as Butch the Cat.
0: <laughs> the Cat. The Cat. It. so on the movie. So, so basically this is an incredible movie. And we'll start off. You start off with a guy and his wife um, on a boat. Uh, don't know, remember where it's at. It's in Florida or something. I don't know. Yeah. Off the coast say, doing, yeah.
3: doing boat stuff out there. Right? <laughs> he just
0: lo- they're like laying on the, the hood of the boat or whatever. And yeah. And uh, he's and like, "Hey, like, go, go, know, go go get me a food or some witty stuff yeah. back
1: and yeah. forth. You get do Woody wifey banner. things.
3: Just the 50s. He's like,
1: "Go go get me food or a, a beer, drink a or whatever. yeah, yeah give me food and, and beer." He's woman. looking out, and all of a sudden, this <laughs> and like she's like retorting with equally witty comments, and yeah.
0: And this <laughs> fog is like rolling in, and he's just looking at it, you know, and keeps looking at it, and it just keeps coming, and yeah. it just. Completely engulfs, engulfs him, him
3: and the entire boat, and the wife is downstairs, completely secured. Doesn't realize what's going on, and she's oh. and he's just like completely taken aback by which. This is
0: one of my two gripes of this movie. One, how is she not
3: also, also, also like, affected because the, because the fall,
0: the fog would have went through the molecules of the boat, unless it was so far under the water. But still,
1: my my eh. also, my my gripe is something similar, which is like if you see. A cloud in the distance, like just something very ominous. Like, like, wouldn't your reaction to be like, "Oh, is this like a storm or something?" Like, wouldn't you jump into the cabin and want to be ready at the helm? Well, of the ship? here's my other here's, here's my other <laughs> question. Let me just stare at it for this, a whole if minute. If this
0: cloud was going across the ocean. Did it ever reach land? Did it ever affect other people? Because you don't hear about any other shrinking people in this movie. You know what I mean? Or did yeah. it just disappear? I mean, he kind you of never... talks
1: about it at the end. He's like, he, he mentions that too at the very end of the movie. He's all like, uh, if I, I I'm maybe not the only one and blah 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 when he's having his whole epiphany before he blinks <laughs> out of existence. Well, spoiler alert!
0: Jeez. <laughs> um, so basically, you know, he gets back home and he's uh, trying a suit on. He's like, honey, did you? Uh, get These tailored or whatever, you yeah, know. He's, he's like, really, My he's he's
1: like, uh, He's like, What did the tailor do? And he's like, We need to find a new tailor or something. Like, he's very mad at the tailor, yeah, right. because his pants are not fitting
0: and his cuffs or whatever on his shirt. And yeah, and then he
1: notices his cuffs. So he's like, this shirt's also not working or not, I don't know, fitting, <laughs> not fitting. fitting,
3: not not fitting, <laughs> the shirt is not functioning. Shirt, it's time you went out and got <laughs> a job.
0: No stimulus for you, no stimulus for you, shirt,
3: no, <laughs> for you, shirt. <laughs> no shirt for stimulus. So, Come on, Biden. um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um, she's like, Oh, well, uh, you know, I'll have to take them back and get him re altered or whatever. So then,
3: um, was it a few days later? He's going to the doctor and saying he lost a lot of weight, I believe. I believe that's going yeah, right. go
0: Well, because, because his shirts are even shorter than remember? Because he's like, puts it on his arms like, he's like, Yeah, yeah like, like
3: a child wearing oversized hoodie <laughs> or something like that, just kind of right. like dangling off his arms. And he's like, This is not right.
0: <laughs> right. So they go to the doctor and he's like, Well, he's like, you know, he takes his, his height and his weight and all that, and he gives him what it is. He's like, But I've always been, what do he say, 5'8, 6'1", one. One, yeah. And he's like, Well, you're 5'11 or
1: 5'10 or whatever it was, you know what I mean? It was two inch difference. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was five uh, eleven.
3: And at first they tried to just kinda of like dismiss it. It was like, well, maybe they took that, you know, measurement when you just woke up in the morning or something like that, and goes on to show like, well, people actually do kind of shorten over the course of the day. And right. like, there's some logical explanations to becoming somewhat shorter, but it's clear that he's having an exceptional case of like he's yeah. getting a lot shorter and he's staying that way. And, and he does it's mention going it in that. Oh yeah.
1: Because yeah. after that whole conversation he looks at him, he's like, But a whole two inches? And then the doctor's just like,
3: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, my wife. <laughs> There's nothing, you know, he's really a bad doctor. <laughs> yeah. If I told my doctor I shrunk 20 inches, I would expect results. <laughs> Aspect action to be taken. But, so, um, yeah,
0: it just keeps going. I mean, this guy just keeps shrinking and shrinking. And, um, I. You know, it's becoming more and more clear. This is a serious problem going on. Right. It's not getting better. And the doctors yeah. don't know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, so they're running all kinds of tests and everything on him. Um, then you come to the scene where I like where um, it shows, it shows him like sitting on the couch or whatever, you know, and his wife's sitting next to him, you know, and he just looks yeah. like a little kid now, you know, and, you know, he's got like, what is it the
3: newspaper? He's yeah. like, like he <laughs> tried to turn the newspaper. Yeah. And, like he's moving an entire like cover of a hot tub or something like that. Right, <laughs> and people are like, uh, you know,
0: people are like yeah. trying to call and get interviews.
3: Yeah, uh-huh. and, and it's clear that, like, you know, there's a smaller scene before this where he's sitting on a couch and his boss is talking to him and is like, listen, I can't continue to hire you if you're not, you know, actively doing this kind of work or something like that and yeah. I lost a big account. And so it's a <laughs> point where it's just like, you know, the one way for you to make, make big money is to go to the press and have them pay you to have, like, exclusive covers right? of the store, basically like that. So he needs to be out in the world and so say, like, hey, look at the incredible shrinking man. It's the only way he can actually... Um, still make money as he's shrinking to support his fam, to support his wife and his home and all those kind of things. And this right. is
1: also interesting. And this is the point of the movie where you start seeing an interesting blend of special effects, practical effects, camera tricks, uh, and even just prop work uh, as far as dealing with. Uh, the size that
0: the phone, present. you know, uh, yeah. you know, you
1: got the big phone, the big newspaper, him sitting in the big chair, and uh, all these other interesting, uh, these like oversized props, yeah, and, yeah, and exactly, really
3: impressive stuff for the time, and even now it's something you can really appreciate that they took great they really strides went all out with the oversized uh, yeah. everything
1: to to make him look. I, I how particularly, he I
3: particularly love him writing a giant journal with like a one pencil, yeah, and yeah. he passes it to his wife, and the wife just picks up the little notepad. But, but, well, you <laughs>
2: know,
0: but this is also where you start seeing problems between him and his wife they, he's been having like uh, arguments with her ever since he had started drinking now it's just getting yeah, to the he's, point he's you know he's like, he's like just leave me you know i'm, I'm done Very or whatever yeah. and i think this is where they get in that big fight and he's like i'm going out for a walk you know and he grabs his coat or whatever and he, he opens the door and he leaves hmm. and this this is really interesting because you see him walking and people you can see people talking about him and he goes to that diner and he goes and he sits down. You know what I mean. And as he's sitting there, that lady comes because he, he has seen the fair or whatever in town with the freaks and all. Yeah, that. yeah. And then that ballerina or whatever she is, whatever she is, the little person comes in and she sits there and and starts talking to him. She's like, "Oh, you're so and so." And she's like, "Hey, you should you know come with us." And he starts thinking, "Well, maybe I should." You know what yeah. I mean?
3: because, uh, yeah. She's like, "It's not as bad as you think it is. You know, it it's a livid. You know, being yeah. small isn't like nothing in the world but you can still have a full you can have a good life with it still you know an interesting thing is like I didn't think about it till you were just talking just now but it's like it's actually one of like It feels like one of the first stories of having a a character dealing with basically a terminal illness in their own mind. And like that story hasn't really been... That that hadn't been explored in film up to that point very much where a character is dealing with the depression and anger and the stages of grief that goes in with learning that your time on this earth may be ending or that your life is going to change irrevocably for the worse. And so having that whole thing where like, yeah, he's having those arguments with his wife, he's having those anger issues, and he's having that extreme depression just like, you need to leave me because I'm not going to be the man that you loved anymore. Anymore. That's exactly right. And, he's like, you know, yeah. we
0: can't be affectionate anymore. He's like, he's like, things you know, are just beautiful. She's
3: like, I'm not going to leave you. I love you, know, you. I'll help you through this. Yeah, we'll get to the bottom to, of this. He's trying to create distance so that we, because he knows that, like, eventually it's going to happen. He, he can't, he can't, you know, he can't help her at this world. And so it's this whole thing of self destruction of, like, you know, either, like, if you're going to stick with me, this is going to go bad. And if I push you out now, it might be easier. Especially kind of in,
1: a, in a time period where it was very much you know mm-hmm. the the man would be the breadwinner of a household and the woman would stay home so yeah. you know you have that whole sort of situation in this you know a uh, time period of america where now he he can't make anything um, yeah. or you know he's he's ba- he feels like he can't yeah. Uh, be a man more so or it's, less it right? really
3: is one of the like, it, has a, it has a science fiction twist to it but it really is one of the kind of like earliest stories of a character dealing with basically a, a terminal illness diagnosis and so it kind of like belongs in something like if you think modern day like shows like Breaking Bad kind of dealt with a similar idea of just yeah. like how much they, they destroy their own lives to try and keep distance from the people they love because they know they're just not long enough for this world at this point yeah. right so
0: this is the part where it starts getting really interesting because he, he comes back home and then the next cutscene I think is where um, he's in a dollhouse. Oh yeah, you know I mean, you know, like waking up on the couch or the bed. You know, the dollhouse yeah, doll it's really so far
3: gone that he's like he's like less than a foot tall at that point. Like, like he got a point where like he's three feet tall, but now like let's go for four. Like he's like a less Barbie than a foot doll tall. size almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: but but before that, remember the cat was already pretty big at him or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. he's like there so. His wife makes the mistake of she's going out or something and she leaves the door open or something so where they just long Yeah, And
1: the, and the cat, cat comes running
0: in. in and then she shuts the door. Well then now this is a full on panic because the cat's starting to terrorize him in the Barbie house, if you will, the dollhouse. You know, he's he's basically yeah. running for his life. Mm-hmm. Um, which the the graphics there is really great. You know, with the cat Paul trying, he oh, me yeah. that. he's like yeah,
3: ah, coming through the window, uh, and yeah, <laughs> on it like that. You know, and just the idea of like basically like <laughs> like imagine a lion the size of a semi truck basically trying to attack you. That's <laughs> his experience in a dollhouse right now, <laughs>
0: right? You know, and that's
2: the you yeah. know
0: it's, like shaking and everything. Yeah. So, um, yeah. very well done. So. um I think his wife finds him, and she starts. Oh, you know, she thought yeah. she killed him, didn't she? Because
3: yeah, well, she assumes that the cat killed her because she finds the cat in the house later. But like the entire time, like the cat is attacking him, he's like fleeing around the house trying mm, to get away from the yeah. cat to the point where he eventually falls down to the cellar and is trapped down in the cellar, and the cat's still upstairs. And like, but doesn't he? Doesn't he like pull the the uh, lamp off or yeah, something he pulls to the lamp scare down the cat? The cat mm-hmm. off, uh,
1: which only works temporarily. Because right.
3: then he runs to the cellar door and tries to close the door to separate himself in that room Which, to log himself in the cellar
1: th- this is the part that, that gets me for a moment so it's it, sort of inconsistencies and little tiny nitpicks and problems I have with the movie is he's tiny <laughs> <to the> <laughs> yeah.
3: and he can hold so, the that door was so good that was so good one of the weird tiny things maybe really, like to answer <laughs> it's like he's shrinking <laughs> <laughs> Captain <laughs> <over> here, like. <laughs> I and don't so get he, why it gets smaller. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, the clearly explain that? I don't get it. Uh-uh, but it's the title of the movie, Terrence. <laughs> no. We're just gonna talk so, about the incredible the man. That, <laughs> yeah. The fact that the size comparison between him and the cat, which means also there's an incredible strength comparison. The fact that he can hold the door closed while a cat's trying to get in. Yeah I just uh, thought was a little the idea that he, And then yeah it's capitalized later when he can't pick up a piece of cheese because you see him struggle to pick up the piece of cheese that's on Well at that point cuz he like, he
3: shrunk even more because right, right. he was probably he was I mean, he was you know yeah, part it, Still, he was can was the male so he Barbie doll door Ken, Ken, yeah, he, he was he was Ken doll size, which I understand. I, I agree with you. I don't think Ken doll can overpower a cat. You know. <laughs> exactly. Let's have that death match on YouTube someday. like the cat's
1: like here and he's like here. I know I know this is a podcast and you can't this see. Is my a, head. This is
3: official. There's not have the <laughs> media, Terrence. The man is shrinking. I know,
1: <laughs> but it's just like I didn't understand that part. And then the fact, like I said later on, he couldn't pick up a piece of cheese. But, yes. no, but
3: well, two things with your
0: theory there. Number one, you never know what your adrenaline's going to do. So if you're fair and free, he probably because you hear about women picking up cars if their baby's stuck under them and all that a drill that's coursing you're right so he could have he could have should but doesn't the cap push it open or something he goes flying
3: the the cap yeah the cap still does overpower him at the end well yeah because he gets like a box or something uh, yeah exactly But, but, the, cheese, the, but the cheese thing, how long has it
0: been on that mousetrap? You stick that stuff to the mousetrap, it's probably hard to get off, you know what I mean? That's and at why that this... point
3: time has passed, it was even smaller at that point. Also, it could have been, like, you know, one of those giant actual rat traps that are, like, the size of a you know, basketball. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, so, yeah that, that was just that's. So that's he finds himself
0: like, in a, in a box. You remember he climbs out of the box and mm-hmm. he's like, "Man, what's going on here?" And
3: I'm mean, so trapped,
0: right? So he's looking around, you know, and here's this big old noise, and it's water leaking from the uh, hot water heater. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. um, you've got like a matchbox there. You've got a mouse trap, and by this time he's he's he said he's got to eat because he's just going to keep shrinking and shrinking. He's like, and it's going to be sped up if I don't eat. Um, and then he sees um a, a spider. Mm-hmm. Um a giant which, tarantula. This is the thing that got to be it's a tarantula. Um tarantulas just don't roll freely throughout houses. I mean, maybe in some parts of the world, but they don't make webs usually. Yep. That I know of. Um and this the kind of webs that it was weaving I don't think it was supposed to be a tarantula web. I mean, uh, you know.
3: well, they never even say, like, it's a tarantula they show in the film, but granted, like, it's also just like, it is It is played as a generic giant spider, right. you know, in the film. So, like, you could say, well, we use a tarantula, but it's any breed, some breed of it stays in the, you know, it could have been a wolf spider or something like that that does have right. a giant web, you know. Right. Um, so now
0: he's like, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do against this beast, you yeah. know. So he goes over there and he finds a. He's like, that's it, you know. And he finds like his wife's—that's uh, like a sewing basket, I guess you would say. And He pulls out one of the little uh, pins out of there as a sword. Yeah. And he takes another one and like bends the hook.
3: Very musketeer like. Yeah. yeah <laughs> exactly. It makes, uh,
0: you know, and, and the, the, this is one thing that we were talking about is why didn't he uh, strike that match to burn something to let her know that he was there? Um, I'll never know. But he burns it to like burn the rope off the thread that he's using for his. Uh,
3: Grappling hook, basically. Yeah, yeah right. Thing,
0: you know, is... So you know he's he sees he's, he's he's hungry. He goes to try to get that piece of cheese. and He tries to throw the heavy uh, thing on it to snap the mousetrap, which it does eventually. Mm-hmm. And when it does, it goes flying into the water drain. Yeah, water and drain. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So and he's lucky he didn't fall right then through there too. So right. Yeah. Then he looks, up, you know, the he looks up. You know, he's depressed. He looks up and he sees his bread on top of this bench, I guess is you could say. But it's got like layers like yeah it's like a wooden bench with layers or whatever so he's he's fashioned that grappling cook he's going to get to the top of this one way or the other so he takes that grappling hook over there he's like you know it shows him finally struggles to get to the top and then he goes and there's a paint stick up there that's stuck to the remember it's stuck oh, to oh uh, yeah, thing. yeah it's, and it's he's dried paint that's yeah okay but let me ask you this question this is something that i had the um question about so when they did the, um, when he goes and tries to, you know, get the paint stick to go across to get the bread later in the movie, he grapples on top of, you know, when he goes back up there to fight it, yeah. he grapples that paint can. He just walks around the side of it. Why didn't he just do that in the first place instead
1: of trying to go over the the paint stick? I was also wondering that. It did, and it didn't really show much to explain it at right. all. It was just because like, the no, paint can... goes right back. Because the paint can didn't
0: move. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah so i that was that was one of the flaws in the movie that i found uh, as i was watching it but so he eventually makes it over to the bread you know he's eating it and he's he's like ah oh, you know and he's throwing stuff off the side and he gets to this big big piece and it's he goes to move it and he knows it's tied to a giant gigantic spider web and he's like yeah oh yeah well i'm not getting this <laughs> you <know? Yeah. laughs> he's like, yeah. work. so he ends up going down you see him you know um in the matchbox, uh, sleeping, you see, uh, the water starting to, you know, drip and stuff like that. Um, so then he realizes, I'm gonna have to go back up there to get this other food. He's like this cake or whatever it was up there. Cause yeah. I'm not gonna, not gonna survive. So he, um, see, but he doesn't do that before the, does that, is that before or after the flooding of the basement? It's after, ain't it? I believe that's it's after, after. Yeah.
3: The, um, the water heater bust, and proceeds yeah. to flood the basement by a couple well, inches, okay, which is so a lot for him. The, the first
1: <laughs> journey is before, and then the second journey is after, I want to say, because that's when... Um... Yeah, because there's water on the floor when he goes up on the second one. Yeah.
0: Mm. But, yeah. The, but the tarantula has chased him, and he he did hide in the matchbox up to this point. So yeah. he knows he's there, so then the tarantula goes away. <laughs> so his wife calls um, somebody over for something. What was it that the guy was there to report? To look at something? Because um, he was going to make her move out of the house. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he, so. she thinks I he's dead. Know. I yeah. was in the
3: impression it was some kind of family friend or something like that who was basically trying to take care of her a little bit. Not necessarily like next love interest. Right, no, <laughs> no, 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 right. Yeah. I lost my right. husband, new man. Right, <laughs> but I'm just saying... Um, just how the 50s worked. <laughs> I won the 50s.
0: <laughs> right, but... Uh, but I think he said there's a leak in the basement or something. Because she thinks that the cat has eaten her husband by this point. Yeah. And it's all her fault. That's why I think he's wanting to get her far away from her. Because he's like, it's not your fault, you know, all this. So then the ho- he's laying in the thing, you know, dripping, dripping. The next thing you know, that water heater just and you know it's, it's like drowning he's holding on a pencil yeah you know? it was,
3: oh yeah Well yeah. he's writing on a pencil there and then he gets to the bottom step and he, gets, he sees a loose nail and he grabs onto that and, yeah. and,
1: and he's trying to shout for him the whole time but like the water noise is happening so they couldn't hear him and yeah. I think even without the water there they wouldn't be able well, to they're,
0: they're, then he ends up getting knocked down or something member? because he's hanging onto the pencil and the yeah. guy's hill is almost stepping on him remember you know, oh as he's yeah over there, yeah yeah and so basically, he's like, "Well, uh, I'll, I'll call him tomorrow. Whatever. I got to get you out here." So they go upstairs. They shut the door, and then all the water drains, and he's laying there on the ditch again. <laughs> you are like, man, poor guy. So, um, so he's like, "I got to get up there." You know, wakes up. I got to get up there. I got to get this food. Um, so he grapples all the way back up there. He's like, "I'm gonna have to take on this spider." You know, yeah, uh, which is a great scene a David and David
3: Glythe kind of moment of right yeah really. well I,
2: I
0: liked um so he of, saw he, a bird earlier though he did yeah I at mean, the time he exploring and he's trying to get the bird you know throwing food out to him you
1: know and mm. he was getting mad when it wouldn't come right but, uh right right before the spider fight he sort of has this uh epiphany of calmness and, and sort strength. of and uh, yeah and sort of just that's kind of like the beginning of him accepting what's happening to him. Um, and yeah, then the, also yeah. respecting sort of like the spider in general, he's like, "Oh no, I don't. I don't hate the spider. I get we're both trying to survive. Uh, but I'm gonna, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna, gonna kill
3: be, it." Yeah. <laughs> back, back to, like back to what I said about that mice thing. It's like he's, he's entered the final stages of acceptance of you know yeah. his grief and and sadness and accepting his fate. And uh, yeah, this is like one of the this is probably closest to the turning point where like it's a symbolic death in his eyes that like you know it's gonna be me and the spider and I respect what the spider wants to do, but I need to overcome it if I want to live, and he needs to overcome it if he wants to live, so we have to have this fight now. We need to get it done. Right. Now So he basically makes it all the way back up there. Um, he sharpened his tools. He
0: sharpened his grappling hook, and uh, what I thought was funny He's like, he's picking up those breadcrumbs and he's heaving them at the spider, you know, yeah. it's not even <laughs> and he's, like, shaking his, like, and so then that gets the spider's attention. spider comes down, and now we're on. Um he had a great plan. Whereas if he got that grappling hook onto the spider, he's like, I could tie it to the end of the scissor because he had it tied to the end yep. of the scissors, and I could drop it to the floor, and the spider would die. Basically, it impel the spider. Yep. So, you know, it, his plans go to work. He grappling hooks it, and his little thread um, gets caught. Um, he kicks the 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 scissors over, but his his thread gets like caught in a crease in the in the wood or whatever. Yeah. And the spider just keeps coming, and the rope breaks. And you're like, well... well he's done for. Yeah, now. you're, you're gone or gone. lost,
3: back. and he like, oh, you can't win on this now. Right, yeah. so you
0: see the spider attack him a couple times. He's on his back. His sword goes flying. And uh, basically, he's given up pretty much, and the spider raises back, and he reaches over, and he grabs his sword, for lack of a better reason. <laughs> his needle, his thimble, or his needle. Mm-hmm. And uh, he holds it up, and he stabs it right into the tarantula as it's getting ready, or spider. As it's coming down... Kills a spider. So here's
1: another interesting thing, just back on the whole spider web thing. Um, Typically, if spiders do have a spider web, they don't leave the web. And then the fact that this one constantly leaves the web
3: to go hunting, it's a very bizarre kind. It's a a very. It's it's, it's, it's totally just a (laughs) plot convenient spider. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Very interesting. Yeah. But also, like, we're in the realm of, like, every, every single action that's being taken is almost like, just like, you know, less of a, a idea of realism of what happened if a incredibly tricky man would occur and more of just, like, symbology, you know, what's yeah. going on at the end there, which I really do respect. Yeah, All right. Yeah, for
0: sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, this is where he's basically come to grips with reality. Um, he knows, because now, where he couldn't get out of the window at first. He's now small enough. He's now enough small enough that he can through. actually go through the window. And this is where he has his great speech at the end of the
1: movie. You know, Very, really, like, g- really, really great outro speech. I know, right. The, and, mm-hmm. you know,
0: he's like, well, you know, he's like, um, you know, I, God still has a plan for my life, no matter how small I am. I thought that was a really interesting thing, you know. And, you know, he's like, of all the constellations. And, and it's fading from, like, his grass yard all the way to, like, the sky to the, the constellations to the... Planets
1: to the an universe and the galaxy. It's yeah. ba- you know it's a scene basically saying like technically we are all small in this vast.
3: Yeah. Galaxy from a cosmic, th- scale, yeah, from we a cosmic not, scale, we are not. We speck are we are a speck of sand nothing. on a speck of sand. Exactly. You know? Right. The idea and like regardless of how small we are, we are still not insignificant, and our lives still matter. In a very nice, hopeful glimpse of the world, even yeah. on a sad ending, as presumably he is. Entered his final moment of life and has then moved right on.
0: because he's eventually going to be small enough where he can't even breathe. You know what I mean? It's just going to be a speck. You know, just yeah, yeah. Or maybe Ant Man's it into the Adam version. <laughs> <laughs> You know. I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> so uh, a couple of things. That was the end of the movie. Uh, a couple of things uh, that I found. Uh, Richard Matheson's book was written as a series of flashbacks that that uh, got you into the cellar with Scott quickly. Uh universalists is on a linear story. They also vetoed key sequences such as Scott spending the night with the female midget, a drunk homosexual who abuses Scott, a gang of teenagers who terrorize him, and Scott becoming a peeping tom secretly spying on teenage girls' babysitters. These were obviously rejected as too risque. For 1957,
3: I would say too risque now. Too. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> Those yeah. are all just <laughs> like, terrible. Those are, those are all awful, <laughs> right? Like you right. know, like right. I'm not saying you can't make a film that has those kind of scenes in it, but like you have to handle them very delicately. And I, feel, just, like, explain, I, feel, I feel like, like, like no, those are would,
1: bad things to do. That would take away a lot from the movie because, like, let's say all those scenes were in there, then I wouldn't really feel empathetic for him. Exactly.
3: <laughs> I, I agree.
1: <laughs> now, um, like the worst of it was just, like he was getting irritable. Just for but,
0: our yeah. um, mm-hmm. listeners. Um, if you have children listening to this, this next thing was, um, something I found and it was so interesting that I couldn't leave it out, but it's, um, if you have kids, you might want to, uh, turn this down for the next few, uh, seconds. Um, basically, uh, how do I put this? The, uh, simulating the drops of falling water, um, was used by filling up condoms with water and then using a treadmill to drop hundreds, hundreds of them off and splatter. So, <laughs> um, out of all the movies we have done, that might be the greatest movie fact ever. Movie uh, <laughs> prop slash. Uh, special effect, the special effect, effect that effect. we have covered
3: <laughs> yeah, mean, you just got to get that mental image of your head of a treadmill uh, and then the condom yeah, throwing like a hot dog just, and then
0: you, just, then you just, hear the, just you hear the splat splat, splat and I'm like well that was very interesting so I thought
3: that was awesomely horrible for ways horrible. to get a wet noise that's definitely a, <laughs> right. that's a great way method to do it.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, right. so several of the gigantic props the scissors, the nails, and the mousetraps for example were all part of the Universal Studio Tour for years Uh, Richard Matheson had originally written a screenplay for the sequel called The Fantastic Shrinking Girl in which Louise Carey begins to shrink herself. Universal had planned to produce it, but the project was eventually scrapped. There is an incredible Shrinking Woman starring Lily Tomlin that we may cover eventually. Orson Welles did the narration for the trailer for this film. He was at Universal working on Touch of Evil.
3: That's awesome.
0: Scott Carey's closing siloquy was added to the script by director Jack Arnold, which we've all discussed. that That was fantastic. Um, William Schaller who was Dr. Arthur was the last surviving member of the cast until his death in 2016 while the spider in the movie is clearly a tarantula in Richard Matheson's book on which the movie is based the spider Scott Carry battles is a black widow which would oh. be more terrifying Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. just that this is yeah. including among the 1001 movies you must see before you die uh, Scott Carey's cat was played by feline actor Orangey according to the book Hollywood Cats so <laughs> the cat's got a whole book <laughs> When Louise is on the telephone asking the operator for a new unlisted number, the radio is on and the music playing on the radio is a theme song to Written on the Wind in 1956, which was made at Universal the year before this film and also featured Grant Williams. As Scott shrank, he should have felt colder and colder as his body became too small to retain heat. Most small mammals compensate for this by having fur and excess body fat, so Mm. all three of us are perfectly safe. (laughs) Yeah,
3: we are well (laughs) in our lives. We can survive the apocalypse, snow (laughs) apocalypse.
0: Right. Um, Many of the oversized props of the film were rented out to 20th Century Fox 11 years later for the television series Land of the Giants in Mm. 1968. In this movie, the main character's name is Scott. In Ant-Man 2015, another movie about a man that shrinks to microscopic skies, the main character's name is also Scott. Scott Lang. Rules got lame. Let's see here. We've already covered that. Um, the plot was something um, new for Universal Pictures, which had to approve a story that did not have a neatly resolved ending. Matheson's novel ends with the character shrinking to infinitesimal size. There is a no last minute rescue. The man keeps shrinking. In spite of these problems, Zugsmith managed to secure a $750,000 budget. At the completion of production, studio executives wanted to change the ending to a happy one, with doctors discovering a serum to reverse the shrinking process. So now we have the incredible giant man. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Director Arnold refused. With a successful Creature from the Black Lagoon in 1954 and its sequels to his credit, he was able to convince the studio to agree to a preview. Uh, the test audience was startled at the film, but they liked it. The ending was not changed. So, fellas... Give me your thoughts on the Incredible Shrinking Man. This would be surprising. Me. Uh surprising
1: good? Surprising bad Surprising good. No, like, I mean I this one I had there was nothing I had nothing to base. No appreciation. <laughs> like, no, yeah. I, no <laughs> yeah. I got I got,
3: I got he the, shrinks.
1: I, got, I get the message to Tiny. be like, Hey, we're we're covering the Incredible Shrinking Man. And I was and like, you're like, Oh boy. Okay. Um let's get let's just get into it. Like I didn't There's watch up, the trailer or anything. Like I just I, I pulled up the voodoo and I just started watching it. Um and I was surprised. Like, I, it, it caught me from the beginning. Um, and all the things that I've said before were all just nitpicks. But overall, like, it was an enjoyable movie. Um, I liked, like I said, I liked the mixture of special effects, practical effects, um, and prop usage. Uh, and, you know, a couple camera tricks just because of, you know, the, mm-hmm. um, him shrinking and, and to show that. And I thought that was really cool. Um, and as you guys know, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. So I uh, really liked it in this movie. Um, and it, it was well told And I like that it didn't have a happy ending But it's still Even though it wasn't happy It was it was still like a
3: It had an a calm, message yeah exactly, yeah, exactly
1: Exactly So uh, I, I liked it And I recommend it um, There's really nothing more to say you know, like it's it's a good movie,
3: uh, and I would wholeheartedly agree with Terrence. I also went in with like pretty much zero to little, very little to zero expectations going in, and I didn't know what to expect. And um, really thinking about it right now, and from my initial watch period, I think it was highly enjoyable. The technical effects and the practical, you know, um, props being used to properly show how small he became, and then how you know larger the world next to him kind of came to be to him um, was really impressive. And as well as the symbolic storytelling you're the ending and how you have a story that you know does essentially deal with a man dealing with an intimate demise in his mind of uh, losing all of his life and then trying to find ways to make peace of that and still find meaning in his life is um, really beautiful ultimately oh, yeah. and i think it's really pressing. so although I, I return it's like it's not necessarily the happiest ending but it is a, a great ending in finding ways to um a certain meaning into your life in any way, shape, or form, and then I'm um, trying to leave with grace essentially. And so I think it was a lovely film, and I'd recommend anyone watch it today. And it's held up very well. You know what right.
1: this movie makes me want to watch? Honey, I shrunk the kids, or Honey, we shrunk ourselves.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Never a bad time to watch those movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I thought it was a really well movie, besides a few nitpicking things that I said. Um, like, I didn't understand the whole. Unless she was just giving a heart to heart speech, the uh, the lady from the freak show from the circus or the yeah whatever, mm-hmm. um, because if you remember the guy comes says hey you know we got to go or whatever you know yeah. and she's like well this is my friend and she's like come back anytime or whatever you know what I mean and having a cup of coffee or whatever, um, so but yeah uh, very well done special effects um, it it's something that i've seen a long time ago i remember the cat scene as a kid and, you know and 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 the the show scene obviously um but yeah highly recommend it great show um i have five out of five for
1: me um hold horrorly agree i think it was a great movie yeah. yep so all thumbs up from the tragedy of cinema cast. all three
3: <laughs> <laughs> all three thumbs we all have yeah <laughs>
0: Well, there you have it. That's a wrap on this episode, and hey. it's coming to a close. What? yeah, you almost jumped it, didn't you, there, Kyle? <laughs> I see you point <laughs> at me. Yeah, yeah. I, I,
3: I would never. I what? am the height of a you, give it, from... you give the man an inch, he'll take a shrink.
2: He'll go to
0: the shrink. shrink. <laughs> well, that's a wrap on this episode, and cut. cut.